All right, everybody. Welcome to Revolutions Meet Your Congregation. Uh, today we have a special guest that you've probably maybe heard before or heard of before. I've spoken about Kurt. Um, Kurt has actually spoken at Revolution a few times. Um, I met Kurt through Caleb, I believe. Well, we showed up around the same time. Yeah. Revolution. Yep. And... Um, Kurt has been a very good friend to me, especially during the dark times, taking me to dive bars all over uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis. South Uptown. Uptown. Yeah, South Minneapolis. South Minneapolis. We've we've seen them all. And, uh, had you, a good, you've tried all their Diet Cokes. Tried all the Diet Cokes. <laughs> I can tell you who's got, who cleans their... their their tubes yeah. <laughs> and who doesn't um but yeah so um we're gonna interview kurt here and kurt welcome to meet your congregation thank meet you your kurt meet, meet your oh. kurt kurt congregation <laughs> pleasure to be here um well i guess first kurt i'll ask you a couple questions well we'll ask you a few questions since that's what this is um but first one is, how did you find out about Revolution, and uh, what brought you to the service? Because you're an actually, you're not just an online listener. You are a in person attendee. That's so what true. brought you there? Uh yeah. So I I read. I'm, I'm a pastor's kid myself, and so I read your uh, Son of a Preacher Man book. Uh, probably fifteen. I don't know when it came out. Maybe twenty years ago. It came out twenty years ago. Something very distant in the past. Um, subsequently, I uh, I downloaded a lot of movies and TV shows. So I downloaded your uh, One Punk Under God TV show, and uh, I was going to Solomon's Porch for a little while. And okay, yeah. I heard through the grapevine there that you were moving to Minneapolis. And I think I actually was uh, participating on Twitter when you're asking what venues to have Revolution at. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I didn't really start attending until maybe a year and a half ago, uh, last summer, uh, regularly. But I had gone maybe three and a half or four years ago. I went a couple times. Yeah, um, when we were first there. But yeah, uh, last summer I had been listening online regularly for a couple of months and i was thinking in my head man i'm really missing out by not walking seven blocks down the street and most of the people that listen don't have that sort of opportunity to just go actually uh have a more fuller experience i guess of the church thing and i definitely was missing uh the community aspect of church because I had not been going to Solomon's Porch. I think it had been seven years or six years since I had really even gone at all to any church. Uh, so I decided to start coming. Awesome. Yeah. Now, you don't, I mean, you're not, you don't have like a, I mean, you grew up a preacher's kid. Methodist, right? Yep. Yeah, Methodist. But like your belief system now or when you came was. Yeah, so I studied religion in college. I got a liberal arts degree with a religion major. And to some extent, I feel like that made it hard for me to stay 
in one tradition. I started really hopping around to a bunch of different stuff. I was exposed to Western or uh, Eastern traditions, religious traditions when I was in college. And so I started uh, reading a lot of Taoism. Um, I started going to Buddhist meditation. I started going to uh, meeting up with Rastafarians locally in Minnesota. Um, and more recently, I've started going to uh, the Satanic Temple uh, group that meets locally. So I really feel like I'm able to get stuff from a very wide variety of religious traditions. And because of that, um, but when you do that, you kind of miss out on the traditions that I, I, that I personally had grown up in. And, yeah. and so I like the idea of having kind of a home base, but then traveling outside of it. Uh, that's kind of my, been my strategy the last year and a half, whereas before I was kind of like uh, I had no home religiously and was just bouncing around to a, a bunch of different traditions to uh, learn what I could from them. Yeah, I mean, you took me to the Buddhist meditation, even though it was a very short Buddhist meditation. We did that. Yeah. You've been trying to get me to the Satanist thing, but Jesus has put a hedge of ter- protection around me, <laughs> keeping me from going. Um, or AKA my, my, my kiddos. Right. Well, that sounds like the work of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I'm interested. I mean, one of my best friends uh, back in Atlanta was a Satanist. And uh, I was always surprised to find out that they actually didn't believe in Satan. So um, I saw a tweet the other day that said, so you guys don't believe in Satan. And then some other Christian was like, well, then who does believe in Satan? And the Satanist replied, (laughs) Christians, (laughs) which I thought was pretty funny. That's good. I like that. Um, That's funny. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out where to go with this because um, there's a few different avenues we could take. Um, you know, anytime someone asks me about Kurt, I'm like, oh man, Kurt's pure gold, man. The guy's just solid, solid guy. Um, really became a solid friend of mine and has been a very good friend of mine um, over the past year. Um, people don't realize the importance of just having a friend. Mm-hmm. who you can just sit with and just talk about stuff. It doesn't even have to be what's going on, and you just talk about life. And You also do a lot of interesting work with um, cannabis. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second mm-hmm. because I think that's something that a lot of people probably don't. Mm-hmm. Legislation specifically, not, not just work with cannabis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yep. You grow. <laughs> so you do legislation, legislate, legislation. 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 <laughs> legislation. Are you yeah. Southern boys can't uh, get the pronunciation. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm from the um, George W. Bush uh, English <laughs> Academy. Um, speaking good. Um, <laughs> you put a lot of importantism in the law reformanism. <laughs> the strategery has yeah. been fantastic. No, but tell us a little bit about that and... Um, I mean, most people don't think about, you know, regular church attendees doing cannabis reform. Yeah. Um, 
in a lot of so i started using cannabis after college which is late for i I would assume a lot of people that use cannabis it's late in the game but i really had the belief that the experiences i was getting when on cannabis were uh similar to the feelings i was attempting to get when i was in praise and worship settings and trying to you know feel uh the some higher power or something of that sort so that experience really inspired me and i got connected with a gentleman in iowa who's a rastafarian uh named carl olson and he kind of helped introduce me to a lot of the tradition and the history uh of rastafarian beliefs but that kind of spurred me to uh want to try to fight for this plant to be able to be liberated and allow other people if they so desire to choose to try this substance out and see if they get a similar experience that i did uh because i just didn't think it was fair to give people uh to have the current setup that we do and and i did go i did experience a uh arrest for possession of cannabis personally and that too uh really inspired me to try to make it better for the next guy that comes around so that they don't have to experience what i had to experience with that uh situation of being put in a cage for a little while having to pay five thousand dollars cash to get out of said cage for bail and then wait eight to nine months for the courts to finally say oh yeah we illegally searched your car and so we're not gonna charge you anymore but the the whole process was just very um eye-opening to actually see what it's like to be on the uh, defensive side of the the legal system and so I didn't really grow up very political but it helped me realize that you can ignore politics but in certain circumstances politics isn't going to ignore you back you right know? and you and you've seen a lot of need for it in medical situations too because that's a big issue here is you know medical marijuana is is really hard for people to come by but it's actually been very beneficial for people who suffer from Lots of things. Lots of things. Yeah. And uh, from, I guess, my Rastafarian uh, background, in a lot of ways, the the Rastafarian tradition sees it as this is a substance that can help both your soul or your spirit and your body all yeah. in the same at the same time. And uh, I think I'm a little bit more on the secular side of things now where I'm not necessarily sure if that's the way i understand things but um it definitely seems to help people's bodies out whether their soul and spirit are affected because the amount of stories i've heard of firsthand accounts of people that have used this substance and has drastically improved their quality of life uh the number is extremely high like people wouldn't believe me if i yeah tried to recount all of the different times where people have said this has helped them out and the very, very, very few times that people have said that this substance has detrimented their health in some right. way. The, those stories I surprisingly don't hear for how active I am in this community. 
Yeah, I mean, especially with all the side effects that other medications bring, and there don't seem to be many side effects except for, like, being hungry. Because mm. um, <laughs> in, in Kentucky, I actually had some friends whose parents were uh, prescribed Marinol, synthetic THC, and it had it was, like, you know, physically addictive and, like, had all these side effects. And I think, like, even um, nausea was a side effect, whereas with, with marijuana, that's, like, something that it remedies. Yeah. So it's, like, it's just kind of... Uh, Ironic, but not really in a funny way. It's almost in a sad way that, you know, yeah. Big Pharma is more willing to save its own ass and kind of mess people over. In yeah, I think for 30 years, the only THC substance you could get was the, a synthetic THC. Um, and I guess very, very... I think within the last two years, there's been some substances that have natural cbd and thc that you can get via prescription but yeah for the longest time it was just this synthetic stuff uh which is confusing because we had this big synthetic marijuana scare about five years ago uh where people were selling synthetic marijuana out of uh head shops and you know it was causing a lot of problems but a lot of people don't yeah with k2 and things of that sort but for some reason the pharmacists are only able to prescribe this synthetic mm. stuff, which just doesn't seem to be as good as the real thing. Mm. You know, it's crazy to me too because the opioids, the opioids, opioids. <laughs> I can't use any of my words today. Op- opioids um, that you know pass through the government and through you know mm. big farm gets passed. Now they're getting their asses kind of kicked, but somewhat. Um, killing people and getting people addicted and things like that and yet mm-hmm. we're still like having this conversation about pot mm-hmm. you know and, and or marijuana mm-hmm. and then you've got like alcohol mm. which is fine with everybody right and you'd say that's probably 20 times wor- at least worse yeah and more addicting mm-hmm. addicting yeah I mean you can die from withdrawals from alcohol mm-hmm. um so it, yeah, I mean it's it's a strange world we live in, yeah. and I can't figure out exactly why this one thing has been been so I don't know pulled apart and so you know scapegoated and been like oh reefer madness you know I mean it <laughs> yeah. seems like there's still like like those funny fifties videos yeah you know it still seems like there's that idea of like people are afraid of it. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I think is interesting and I think is really important and something that we try to do at Revolution too is, you know, um, I talk a lot about not scapegoating people on the right or on the left. But, um, you know, your work, you end up working with people who are conservatives and Republicans and liberals and Democrats, whatever, and, and, and both parties to see this happen. And so you're having to go in and communicate and talk with people and be on the same page. Um, to see this type of thing change and it won't change if you can't basically discuss this with b- both sides um, and I think that is a prime example of what we're trying to do is saying guys we can't change each other unless we're communicating with each other not just bastardizing each other or, or, or scapegoating each other online mm-hmm. but you know sit down and talk and have rational conversations with people and you're doing that yeah, it, and it's cool to do. It's a, a learning experience on my side, uh, probably just as much as 
the learning experience on the side of the people that I talk to. Because yeah. I, I do have a lot of information and knowledge about this policy topic and about this substance that I'm able to impart on other people. But it's also uh, very interesting to hear uh, their concerns or the concerns they hear from their communities. Um, it's definitely doesn't change my mind in thinking that this should be changed, but uh, there's a whole host of reasons why people have a fear of changing this policy topic. And it's always interesting to hear those firsthand from people when you're sitting, you know, in their office or walking in the halls of the state capitol, uh, just trying to understand where they're coming from and and why they uh, are cautious on this topic. But there's definitely a lot of momentum happening right now. Uh, And you you do have support from both sides. Yeah, definitely do. And there's a... there's also opposition on both sides as well. Yeah. And so it definitely helped me realize that I definitely should never be just pigeonholing people and saying, well, if you have this label, you know, patched onto your suit jacket and says, I'm a D or I'm an R, that that's going to, or any other label really, yeah. uh, you shouldn't generalize Individuals, You shouldn't take their labels as a generalization uh, of what their policies are on a, a whole host of things. You actually have to have the conversations. That's extremely important, and I hope everybody who just heard that heard that. And I, if you didn't, I hope you will rewind. <laughs> I don't know if it's called rewinding anymore, but you will go back to the back 30 second <laughs> Back 30 second button <laughs> and listen to what was just said because that's vitally important that we aren't scapegoating individuals. Um, it's funny. I was talking to a conservative friend of mine, and they said we're talk- sitting how they were talking in a meeting, and everybody was talking about Trump and Trump supporters and how bad they were and all this stuff. And they said, "Well, don't pigeonhole us all." And the whole table just went quiet. And then they said, "Well, this is why I voted this way. This is why I thought this way. You know, I don't like the person. I don't like Trump, but ABC." And they're like, "Oh yeah, we get it. We get it. you know what I mean." It's like all of a sudden the mob mentality changed when an individual and a person that they knew and cared about was there saying, like, um, mm. I've got some weird news for you. Right. You know, and um, I'm finding that happen more and more in my mm. life is when I talk to people, like people secretly contacting me going, like, yeah, I voted for Trump. <laughs> Thanks for talking about us. We're not all crazy, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, and then you have people like my father who's just, crazy about donald trump you know Mm. um but i don't even think we can scapegoat him i mean i i want to you know i'm going there for christmas and i'm hoping i'm going to sit down and say explain this more to me help me understand this so i don't know that's stuff i've learned and 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 uh also just being extremely encouraged by seeing kurt's work and just seeing like the reality is folks if we don't start uh respecting one another and and don't stop scapegoating one another you know if we can stop judging each other based on r's and d's you know we can actually become a better community and maybe change things and come together over things Mm -hmm. i mean you know if people come to every other pot reform you know maybe we can come together getting kids out of cages and maybe we can come together and get people out of you know ridiculous prison sentences and um you know racism and uh, uh, different phobias yeah yeah transphobia 
um, heterosexism. You know, I mean, these are all things that I think, I think a lot of people on both sides agree, like, these things aren't good. Mm. But we just have these sound clips of the big people saying things, so we just generalize each other like it's sports or something. And, and, and life is way more complicated than that. Yeah. And, 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 and we're all contradictions. And so that's why it's interesting to sit down and get to know each other is because we all are contradictions. And speaking of that, uh, at least the diversity, um, since you have come to revolution, a lot of people think like revolution is a, like the people who attend are like a particular type of person. Um, how would you explain the different people that have mm-hmm. come through revolution's door and that are part of the congregation? Good question. Oh yeah, uh, I would say there's just a wide swath of different human beings. I mean, I've got one guy that I think was uh, Orthodox Romanian uh, upbringing. Uh, got someone else that grew up in an, kind of a cult environment, a, a Christian Christian cult, uh, but now is um, I guess more of a conservative uh, Christian. Um, people like, uh, Caleb and myself kind of more are leaning on the, uh, Christian atheist sort of realm, I would say, or, or maybe agnostic, uh, curious, perhaps, um, (laughs) non-theist. Yeah. uh, But, (laughs) but yeah, um, and I'm hesitant to say a lot of this stuff because it, it is just throwing a bunch of labels out about these people, but... Um, it definitely is not a, a one label could articulate the diversity. You know, there's, there's also been people that are more on the, the militant atheist side where it's like, God definitely doesn't exist. And if you think that way, you're wrong. Um, but yeah, everyone has the ability to engage and share their ideas with one another. And it's all done, as far as I've seen, it's all done in a very respecting way. And I don't see those sort of dialogues happening with that much of a diverse crowd often enough. A lot of times people are in their own bubbles. And maybe it's because we're in a big city where it's easy to find small pockets of people that have almost identical interests as you do. And you can go jump in to meet with them. But... This this place seems different, I think, in in a lot of ways than a lot of other spaces that I engage with. Mm-hmm. I like how you put that, Kurt, because that kind of reminds me of like, uh, and Jay, that you'll you'll probably be able to speak to this too. Something that attracted me when I was still, uh, I guess, more evangelical coming out of that world was uh, I was attracted to the emergent church a lot, and and something that I liked how how they articulated what they were trying to do was they it was like. Every, they didn't really have a doctrine or a list of doctrine. It wasn't like, you have to believe this, you have to believe this, you have to think about this this way, you have to you know affirm this creed or whatever. It was just we're all trying to gravitate towards a similar, um, I guess, yeah, towards a similar goal or a similar objective. And I think that they, they the way that they phrased it was like being more Christ-like. You know, it's like some sort of Christian term. Yeah. But um, the idea of like just, yes, yeah, you're gravitating towards it from any number of points, not even on just an X, Y axis, but, you know, fully three-dimensional or even four-dimensional grid where, where just everyone from different places are trying to 
to to become more like a certain thing, which, you know, to become more open-minded or more loving or more, you know, uh, we, I think we all have a similar drive or a similar magnetic kind of pull that's, that's pulling us all together, even though we're all coming from very different places and have very different beliefs. And we've said it before, is like you couldn't, even if you could write down one member's uh, worldview, it's not going to align with another member's worldview. Like if someone was like, define God. If they said that like in a Southern Baptist church, you're probably going to get a, a, you know, maybe even a prefab answer that everyone's been taught and memorized in Sunday school. Whereas at Revolution, it's, you know, half people be like, God, wait, what do you mean by God? You know, and then half people be like, you know, um, would have more of a, a traditional conservative answer and so it's really a beautiful collage i think yeah i think often people have you know well first of all i mean if it wasn't for the emergent church the emergent church was a big part of the evolution of revolution mm-hmm. for me and uh, being part of the emergent church while it was around was really great because mm-hmm. it did i did realize that there was a, yeah. a, a a place where everybody could come together who is different and not subscribing to the same theologies and ideas and uh, but share different ideas and different thoughts mm-hmm. and in a non-judgmental setting, which I always really liked and um, will always be grateful for. And uh, that will always be a huge part of my life. Um, I think sometimes people think like, oh, revolution's full of punk rock, <laughs> punk <Yeah>. rockers. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, ah, uh, you know, I mean, me and Kurt have gone to some punk rock shows together. Um but besides that, I don't think there's a lot of punk rockers in our, <laughs> yeah, not you know, many. or hipsters or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're not there's Josh, but you he's know, not physically here. You know, so we don't really have like that. That uh, you know, we don't have that audience. I mean, I don't know what everybody else looks like online. We're starting to find out that, but even that audience we're finding is incredibly diverse, mm-hmm. which for me is exciting to see. And here, because I had no idea either. I mean, except for the congregation live and going like, wow, we really do have a diverse group of people, even more diverse than I did in, in New York. And, um, and especially in Atlanta, we've just seems to almost be like a church of strays, yeah. you know? We've just yeah. strayed from maybe their tradition and said, oh, I'm going to go to this weird little bowling alley on mm-hmm. Thursday, mm-hmm. or Thursday, on Sunday... Mm-hmm. At 11. You can go on Thursday and go bowling. <laughs> yeah, you can go bowling on Thursday. <laughs> Get a beer and bowl. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's been incredible. And for me, too, to be able to go on my own faith journey, you know, um, when you started getting into the Death of God stuff, I kind of dabbled in that a bit. So I was able to loan Kurt all my Death of God books. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of everybody going on their journey together and not always agreeing. and. Mm-hmm. You know, if you haven't listened to the um, Afterglow yet, you know, give one of those a listen. You get an idea of what we're like. Um, I I did get some good feedback from my sermon on mental health because a lot of people liked. Oh, we attached the Afterglow afterglow to that one. Hmm. And, um, you know, who knows? Maybe that's something we need to do in the future. Keep doing. Um, But anyhow, yeah, so it's it's. It's pretty cool to be a part of such a diverse community, and I'm always surprised that anybody comes back anyhow or continues to listen, um, because sometimes I feel like a one-trick pony, mm. um, but there's those old negative self-thoughts coming mm. in. Um, but yeah, we're like, 
also what people need to know is like Kurt, you know, and Caleb and Josh and um, who am I also am I forgetting? There's Vicky. Vicky. But no, I'm just saying there's a lot of people who help revolution. Yeah, totally. And make revolution possible. And it's not just the Jay Baker show. I mean, I could not do this on my own and would not want to do this on my own because it's it's hard work, you know. And it's um, it would just be one person's ideas, and that's who wants that. It would just be all Pete Rollins' ideas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, so um, Kurt, I, I guess one of the things since we should wrap up, um, we ask um, everybody online, so we might as well ask you. And I'm sure you have an opinion. Be gentle with us. <laughs> Um, are, is there anything that you would like to see us do differently? Um, or do more of? of do more of. Or less of. Yeah, you I know. want some free coffee, honestly. Oh, yeah. You know, like, well, problem I, is, is there's a restaurant there, so <laughs> they, if we give out free coffee, we're in. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't right. like that. I don't know if they'd like I that. just feel like it might draw in more people that listen locally, but they're like, I was on the fence, but I heard there's free For coffee Kaya. now. So I'm going to start showing when, up. When we do, when we do, um, when we do, uh, we haven't done it in a while. But when we we, we, we do the Lord's Supper mm-hmm. and take communion, we even have to purchase the wine from them <laughs> to do communion. Right, right. Uh, Except I have to buy the apple juice for us alcoholics. So. <laughs> well, well, cheers. Right? Yeah, well, cheers, yeah. grape juice. That's the way to do it. So Jesus turned water into grape juice. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't have any feedback, really, on what to do differently. I feel like I am part of the church to some extent. You are. So it's hard to self-criticize myself in a way that I haven't already tried to do things differently. I don't know. I, I say, like, let's just keep doing what we've been doing unless we hear some massive criticism that's convincing to the other, <laughs> other way. Yeah. But things seem to be going pretty well. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, I think the only thing that would help us more is if we had more finances. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say that. I hate to even talk about money. Um, people know that. But a bigger budget so we could do stuff like hire Caleb and we could, you know, when I get asked to go to the border and be part of the conversations and Mm -hmm. protests that we could actually afford to fly me or you or one of us out there to have that conversation Mm -hmm. well being more social you know that 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 could be another thing too is being more socially active like maybe uh supporting kurt with his cannabis reform stuff more like you know uh yeah i got to hand out flyers or something i mean i I got to go to one of curtis's uh events where you had a politician there local politician speaking i was able to attend that you know, I mean, you went to the protest for the kids in cages. Uh-huh. And so we're doing a little bit, but we'd love to do more. Yeah. And so I get you didn't ask me why we should change, but that's my <laughs> hey, two cents. We can do a meet your congregation with Jay. Meet <laughs> Jay. Well, everybody else has spoke here. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, so I, I mean, I definitely would like to see us be able to do more there. But yeah, um, this was great. Thank you, Kurt, for, for doing that, man, and being on Meet Your Congregation live. Yeah. Nice to have a live mm-hmm. person in the studio. <laughs> yeah, right. The studio apartment. This, like, yeah. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh.